Welcome to Series 11, Episode 5 of York Hospital Ball. This week's guest is former fan favourite Michael Rankin. First signing for York City in 2009, Michael had three separate spells at Booth and Crescent and is fondly remembered by supporters for his passion, rolling cup runs, playoff games and of course his goal-scoring exploits. The episode is sponsored by Tom Ibbert, a long-time York City fan, who is also the lead volunteer at Westthorpe Scout Group. Westthorpe Scouts are a completely voluntary group who offer exciting opportunities to build skills for life for all young people aged between 4 and 18. They can be followed on Facebook, Instagram or X at WT Scouts at WT Scouts or contacted via email on join at wtscouts.co.uk join at wtscouts.co.uk if you would like to register interest in joining the fun but without further delay here is the brilliant michael rankin So, Michael, th- thanks so much for joining us. Um, when I started putting this interview together, I saw that you were born in Doncaster and that your uncle is Mark Rankin, who I remember vividly from the 90s playing for Wolves and that. And he started his career at Doncaster Rovers. So I wonder, did you sort of go and watch him when you were growing up? And was he an inspiration or an influence on your career as a footballer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think when when he was at, more so when he was at Wolves, that's when I was probably able to go and watch him more. I watched him a couple of times in the playoffs at Cardiff a few times as well. So yeah, it was an influence in my in my career. Someone to really kind of look up to. And yeah, and, and support now. And, and we speak about it quite a bit now because he looks after players now as well. So uh, yeah. And I guess you sort of followed a similar path starting your career at Doncaster yourself. But you, you didn't get an opportunity in the first team and moved on to Barrow, which is a fair old trek from Doncaster. What Was that sort of your determination to get a career in football moving, making that move? If I'm honest with you, I never grew up knowing or knowing how to be a footballer or wanting to be like, you see kids now who wake up and like, listen, I want to be a footballer. That was never me. I think without just going too deep into it, with me not having a dad influence there, it was like, I just play football for because I love playing football. It was playground on the playground and that's where I probably, I was that raw because I didn't go through the training every day and going through academy football as such as that. And you had quite a good spell with Barrow, didn't you? And then Scunthorpe signed you and, and you scored in your Football League debut getting the winner away at Bury. That, that must have been a great feeling to sort of have that chance in the in the Football League and, and taking it on your first game. Yeah, for me again, like massive and, and probably didn't realise when I was when I was younger what it actually was. You know, I, I, it's, it's weird actually because I've seen Brian Laws, my uh, first team manager at Scunthorpe, they were there on the train for the first time in absolutely years. And was speaking about it and like again because I come from I came from so I, I left I was on Doncaster at trial at Doncaster for about six months and I didn't get anything played in the youth cup forum and I moved from there I got released from there I went to college in Doncaster and then went to play for Armfoot Welfare and I'm in Armfoot Welfare I played against Barrow in pre-season which is random because Lee Turnbull the manager at Barrow at that stage he, he came up to me and said oh we some, after a pre-season game we want to sign you I was like well, okay random not knowing where Barrow was. Yeah, so coming from college football to just going straight to Barrow uh, after Armfort was was crazy. And then so I seen Brian Laws, sorry, going back, back to the point, going to see Brian Laws and uh, was just talking about like how, because I, I was a little bit naive 
And I didn't really know what it was to be a footballer, you know, especially in a, in a footballing environment as well. And he said, listen, it was hard work, but yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I imagine the highlight of playing for Scunfoot will have been starting at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea in the FA Cup third round, 40,000 people there. And I think, think you swapped shirts with Didier Drogba. I mean, that must have been an incredible experience. I watched back some of the highlights last night and I didn't realise that Scunfoot had taken a lead as well. And it, the whole of that end was just filled with our supporters. It must have been a great experience to be part of that. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. I think I started on the by default, which I, was, but I did start, which is good. Because uh, I think Torps got sent off the week before. Yeah, I got thrown I got thrown in there. And it was it was amazing. I think I got Jeremy's shirt at first and then Jugba come off. So I chased him down the tunnel last thing for his shirt. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. Still got it now. So yeah, amazing. And what was it like facing their sort of defenders and Premier League? You know, we talk about levels. You mentioned there about you know before you went to Barrow and and that, and but then to step up and be playing Chelsea must must have been incredibly different. You just can tell with the this athletes and read. I think I, I talk about obviously brain being your computer. Their computer is just miles ahead, and you're doing certain. And especially when I was, I, I, listen, I've always been quite raw anyway. But with them with them being so with me being so raw, it was it was difficult to unlock because you can't just run and you can't just physically battle with them because they're ahead of that. Do you know what I mean? So it, no, it was difficult, but it was a, a great experience for me, especially at such a young age as well. I can imagine. And um, you had a few moves after Scunthorpe, including with, with Gary Mills for a bit at Alfredton, but you yeah. found like a real settled home with Russian and Diamonds. And I, I think people forget how a, how an established non-league team Russian and Diamonds were. I mean, I think you're in their all-time top 10 goal scorers. So I presume you must look back on your time there really fondly. I enjoyed it. I met some good people there. Moved away from home for the first time. A lot of growing up. I had my son when I was there as well. So I had my son really young as well. So it, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a growing up uh, period for me. To be honest, we've good players as well. I think the likes of Simeon Jackson and Lee Tomlin I played with, who played in the Premiership as well, and a few more as well. So it, it, it was a good, it was a great experience. Met some good people and and the facilities. One of the best I've been at, to be honest. And it's a shame that it's gone the way it's gone. And, and what, one of your Rushton goals that you scored was in a 3-2 win at Boom Crescent against York, where you were man of a match. I just wonder, do you remember that game? And, and do, you, do you think it influenced York to sign you? I'm not sure, to be honest. But and to be fair, I don't really massively remember. I do remember, I think we played you, well, it would have been April. And my son was born on that day. So it's kind of like crazy. I've caught, I think it, was April, it would have been April the 10th, because my son's born April the 10th. For me to then sign for York is mad, because my son being born at, at the same time as well. Yeah, maybe a bit of fate. I mean, on to York, you signed in the summer of 2009 and, and what a fantastic first season it was. I mean, third round of the FA Cup, got to Wembley as well. But before all that, did you feel like you were joining a club on the way up? For me personally, like playing at Booth and Crescent, the fans, the homely feel, old school changing room. But I was used to that when I was at Doncaster, it was kind of the same thing. It was a club what I was very interested in signing for. And obviously for me personally, coming from Doncaster, moving back up north was massive for me, especially when we were having a young son as well. So yeah, it couldn't have come quick enough and the time was amazing, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds like it ticks a lot of boxes for you, didn't it? Well, like you say, if you've got a young family and, and your family are up north, it makes perfect sense it, to try and get back up. You, you built up a really great relationship with Richard Brodie as well that season. What, what was he like to play alongside? You talk about things clicking and partnerships. It just, everything clicked and I didn't have to, I knew what he wanted to do. He knew what I wanted to do. It worked really well. That season, I think it was the first season, was it? So that I think was fantastic. It was I think that was probably one of the best years of my career, if I'm honest with right. you. And that's why I always wanted to kind of relive that at York as well, do you know, um, yeah. with the feeling and, and, and all that. So, yeah, no, it, was, it was fantastic. 
Because there was quite a lot of competition for places as well, wasn't there? Because Michael Gash was there and Richard Paquette as well. Did, did you feel like that sort of competition for places brought the best out of you? Always, and I think it always will do. I think it's, it's, it's good to have healthy competition. And, and, and Gashi was, he's a good player, was. I don't know if he's still playing that, to be fair. I think he is, to be fair. I think he's still playing for Peterborough Sports, I think. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. And I was bought, for, I was bought, and I think another player was went the other way, probably not for as much as what Gashi was. And I, and I think the pressure from the start then, I, I, had to, I, knew, I knew I had to like step my game up and try and keep him out of the team. So yeah, it, it was it was good healthy competition and packs as well. Packs. He scored goals as well. So I think me and Bros knew that we had to be on point to make sure we secure our places and, and play every week or most yeah. weeks. And, and this, I think, was the first time you'd played under Martin Foyle. What what was he like to play sort of under? Because he, he was a former striker himself, wasn't he? I think, yeah, he, my, my, I see him, I see him quite a lot of games, to be fair, still, and, and I have an all right relationship with him, to be fair. So, no, it was good. And, and Ports as well. I think Ports, the assistant, was was very influential on, on me there as well because he, he he knew how to get the best out of me. He cared. I think we used to have, he, he used to tell me about myself. I used to tell him about himself, but it was healthy. So yeah, it was it was good it was good times and I, we with Mark, with Foyle he he knew because he was a strike himself he knew how to get the best out of me and Bros and yeah it was good. Yeah. I mean I was looking back at some of those results particularly towards the back end of that first season and like the five 0 against Wimbledon in April and you you pretty much sort of bulldozed your way through their defence after about a minute and and you you must have really fancied yourselves as a, with your chances of promotion after nights like that because it was so close to the end of the season and normally a team that getting the playoffs on that sort of form end up getting promoted it must have been a, a real good dressing room to be part of it was one of the best dressing rooms I think the players we had I think we, for me personally we didn't have loads of world beaters but we had a great chemistry and the lads all got on there was no silliness in the changing room I think we went away about it a little bit quietly if that makes sense I think yeah. we didn't like I said, we didn't spend loads of money. We didn't flashy, flashy players, but we just worked hard and, and were solid to beat. And I think for me, when it come towards the end of the season and some of us kind of left, or some of them boys left, or Bros was, I think, was, did Bros move that next season? Yeah, well? yeah, he did, yeah. I think it kind of like, it's a bit soul-destroying because you want to try and relive it again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and obviously when we lost in the, it was a lost, I think that's the year we lost in the playoff final, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was, we, we thought we could probably kick on again and, and, and do 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 bits again. I think with just going on to the playoff final, this is one of, I think we travelled on the day because I think our away form when we travelled, when we stayed away, wasn't great. And I think we got there a little bit late and stuff like that. And I just think when you're playing in the playoff final, go down there early. I think that was one of the, I'm going to criticise for it at all which I, 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 I wouldn't because he was a great manager and I, and, and I got on really well with it. That was one of the mistakes we made, travelling on the day. I mean, before, I'm, I'm just going to come on to that player final. Before then, we had those two, obviously, crazy games with Luton in the, in the playoffs. And that, that first game, it was your sort of flick on to put Richard Brody clean through. Was it Was it sort of instinct from you, knowing that he was going to be the shoulder of a last defender? All the time. I knew where, like I said, I, I knew where he was going to be. He knew where I was going to be. I'd be short, he'd be long, uh, or vice versa. We just we just had a I just feel like we had a really good chemistry and yeah and, and, and that's what partnerships are made on chemistry and knowing where each one was going to be yeah and that and that second leg obviously 
the craziness at the end where all the fans came on the pitch and you were players sort of cowered into the stand. What What's your memories of that? It was absolutely madness. And, and to, to think they never even got a punishment for it either. Crazy. I, I, I don't know why the, the rivalry with us and uh, Luton was so bad, to be honest, but it's when we won and we were celebrating with the fans, I can remember it clear as day, we were celebrating with the fans and we turned round and it, <laughs> the tunnel closed off and it was like, right. And there's a, quite a big drop at the uh, end of the pitch, isn't they? Yeah. So it was like, well, we'll have to get into the stand here. And then next minute, we're getting coins pelted at us. And we uh, had to go into, like, I think it was like a medical room, I think it was. But to be fair, once I was in the medical room, uh, I can remember, actually, was it Jimmy Sanger? No, it was Broads, actually, I think. They were throwing coins at Broads because they hated him. Hated him. Uh, and uh, Broads picked up the coin as well. And, he, and then Jimmy, I think, picked up the coin. It was fantastic. And then we went into the medical room and was just, it, it was like the playoff. We just won the playoff final there. It was amazing. Do you know what I mean? What a feeling. And, and Wembley as well. I, I presume that's the first time you you were playing there. Did you ever get nervous before games? Was that maybe a little bit of nerves? To be fair, sometimes. But when when I think once I'm on the pitch, it, it kind of, I kind of like zone it all out. If that makes sense. Like, listen, when we played, I think when we played against Oxford that season, there wasn't tough teams to play against anyway. So we knew it was going to be tough. I thought, if I'm going to be honest with you, I, I thought, like I said, we were travelling down on the day, and I think I got took off. I think I took off for Jimmy Singari. I think I got took off for. So was again, I'm going to be selfish in this point of view was that the right decision as well when we're so far I think I come off after about 60 minutes or something 70 minutes I can't remember because you, you had a really good chance didn't you to to equalise and, and it went agonising again I watched it back and I thought God, so close and were, were you someone that obviously as a striker normally you would have a game a week after wouldn't you to sort of get it out of your system were you any ever someone who sort of dwelled on on things like that you know particularly when you got a full summer and to sort of think about it I think because I was massively prolific I think sometimes things did play on my head. And I, I think like, I go back to being, again, raw. I was never the finished article. I was never the best finisher. So certain things, when I look back on it, I think, yeah, listen, I could have took that better. But when I dwell on it, hard oh, it stay in my mind for a little bit. But then you move on with it as well. Do you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, no one ever misses on purpose. I always wanted to score. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of them things. I think like, and this is where sometimes when you come off as a sub, you want to kind of put that right. And I feel like I could have as well, but listen, this is what managers are for. They're making, they're making the decisions, and, that, and that's you have to live and, and get on with it, don't you? Yeah, I just I just thought particularly with it being a Wembley as well, you know, it, it's sort of inch away from being like a massive hero, you know, getting the equaliser and scoring at Wembley, but but wasn't to be. I mean, the next season you personally got off to a, a, a flying start, four goals in in nine games, including a really good one against Altrincham with your left foot. But the team didn't start particularly great, and Martin Foyle resigned. Like you said, we lost some key players like Richard Brody. But Gary Mills came in. Was that a good move for you, considering that you had worked together before? Yeah, for me, like, and even to this day, like, I, I've always said, I think he's been one of the best managers I've, I've, I've worked under. And I think a little bit misunderstood, if I'm honest with you. I, I enjoyed working under Ethan. He was a good man manager. When he used to look at you, he used to like make you feel like you're like, <laughs> how'd you do this weekend? What'd you do this weekend? Uh, 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 not that's at home. Did you? Yeah, I did stay at home. All right, then, no problem. And he made you feel like he just kept you on your toes all the time. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, no, I, I did really enjoy playing underneath, and I still did every time. Was he different? Because you had worked with him for a little bit, Alfredson, but they're obviously a part time setup. Was he different in terms of when he was at York City? Yeah, because it was a couple of years later, wasn't it? So I think it was more, he demanded the same, if I was going to say. He demanded the same. He had the um, cloth mentality, you know, he still had the old school cloth mentality. Yeah, he, knew, he just knew how to manage people and get, like I said, get the best out of you. Like I said, I can't, I can't sing his praises enough, to be honest. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I've mentioned it loads on this podcast before, but, but that Rotherham game, the, the, the replay when we beat them 3-0 at Boobham Crescent, Tuesday night under the lights, I think it was, certainly for me, it made me believe in Gary Mills as a, as a manager. And, and I think also think it was one of your best ever games for York. I think you got two goals on the night, key kind of role in the other goal as well. And I love that one that you sort of scooped into the corner as well. It was a very creative sort of finish from yourself. I loved it as a fan. You you must have loved it as a player as well. And I, and I guess you, you mentioned before about under Martin Foyle, you wanted to keep that group and that, that feeling alive. And that, that must have been the same here, was it? Yeah, no, nah, for sure. And, and when you're playing against a, a team in a higher higher league, you always want to test yourself and, and see how far you are away from it. And for us, for play, that Rotherham game was just like, wow. Anything's possible, do you know what I mean? And it just shows on the right day at the right time you can go and beat anyone, and th- and that's the belief I think we, we we had in the change room as well. We knew that we could go and hurt teams, and we knew we had strength. But yeah, it just has to click at the right at the right time. I think. Yeah, and that, and that was part of the FA Cup run, and of course we ended up playing Bolton Wanderers away in the third round, and. And I, I thought, again, it was another great game from yourself. You were a real handful for sort of the likes of Gary Cahill, who then went on to play for England and stuff. You mentioned before about that computer and players being ahead of you. It felt to me like you were kind of almost getting that computer that, that day. And what's your memories of that occasion? Again, I, like I said, I think it was that night as well I played complain against him. Yeah. I think for me, like, it was one of them ones where I felt good. I felt energetic. I felt like I, we, I could get the better of them. And yeah, it was, it was again, great experience. Another day, we on another day we would. We, I thought we could have come away with something. Unfortunately, we didn't. You know, again, testing yourself against the. the, the some Gary Cahill's had a fantastic career, and so was that night. So yeah, it was it was good. It was good times. Did you did you get any shirts that that day? I got that night shirt that night. Yeah, it was like you mentioned there before about how close it was as a game. I mean, people might look at that in isolation, think oh, two 0 Premier League team routine win but not nothing could be further from the truth it was such a close match until they started bringing on a couple of key men towards the end Kevin Davis and Almander I think it swayed the game towards them but it was a really great performance I mean we could debate about your best game for your but your best goal I don't think there's any argument Michael I mean Wimbledon in the 4-1 game what what a hit but, but I kind of forgot about a couple of things sort of looking back one I think you'd missed quite a quite a guilt-edged chance a few moments before which again to have the confidence to to hit mm-hmm. it a few moments later was unbelievable but also the build-up to the goal as well it was a great sort of team goal wasn't it and then it's just sort of like I think it was Liam Darville possibly laid yeah. it off into your path. And then was it one of those that as soon as it left your foot, you knew it was in? Yeah, I still get some stick about this now. People saying it was a cross, but I don't know who I was crossing it to at that stage. It was never a cross. I just thought, I think sometimes, I didn't even think about it, to be honest. So just something just told me to hit it. And, and and even to hit it with the side foot as well. I don't know why I did it. I don't know what told me to do it, but it just it happened and it went in. So you know, I, I think that's obviously got to be up there with one of my best ones um, in my career for sure and do you I mean I'm on, I'm, I'm a teacher not a footballer but if I was a footballer I, I just think I'd, if I was like you I'd just be watching that all the time <laughs> do you do you ever look back at your, some of your goals and think just to sort know, of relive it uh, do you know what it, because it's not readily available like the goals and stuff not as much so if it comes if it comes up on Twitter or something that, like it's come up on Twitter on the York thing before and I've watched it and I thought actually I, I did have a little bit too fair uh, things like that but you know obviously I kind of half forget flicking too many balls on too many brain cells gone. I kind of half forget some of the goals I've scored um, like when you said to me I'm like top top 10 goal scores for Rushton like I didn't realise I scored that many goals for Rushton these these things there like in this day and age you know footage of all of it and I haven't got much and to be fair I would like to go back and look at some yeah. 
Yeah, hold us on footage if I'm honest with you. Well, when I when I was researching your kind of alternate career much later on, I mean, it was like a goal of the season compilation, and I think you had about five, five in it. You know, it's well well worth you uh, checking out. I mean, York fell short of the playoffs that that summer. You're, I think you were offered a new deal, but you rejected it to sign for older shot. Was that financial? Was it the fact that you yeah. had a chance to play in the football league again? Was it a difficult decision for you to make? There's, there's loads of things really in that, and this is where again. So I think Gary, even though listen, like I said to you before, I've got a lot of time for Gary still until this day, and and the and, and the chairman, they offered me a deal, and it was um, I wanted to st- I wanted to stay, but I also wanted to play in the league as well, and. They offered me, I think, twenty five pound a week more, and I, I think I was, I think I was at that stage, I was top goal scorer, and then they stopped playing me for a little bit. If you know, it's like come on, I went to the bench, so I wasn't because I think they got wind I was going to go somewhere else. So it's twenty five pound a week more for first and foremost. So it was like to me, I was like, well, you obviously don't want me that much because like you'd have pushed the boat out a little bit more, especially when I think I've done quite well. And I had league clubs that was um, sniffing around me as well. So it kind of got to the point where I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to keep coming back and forth. And I decided obviously to go to all the shot. Whether that was the right decision at that time, I'm not too sure. But yeah, that's the decision I made at that time. Did, did you have any regrets sort of given that York had the Wembley double season the year after? Were you looking on enviously when, when that was happening? Not really, because I, I started off really, really well that next season at all the shot. And we went on a bit of a run as well, to be fair. And I think we had a cup run as well, a good cup run. And again, started playing my best football again from two back-to-back seasons at York. So, and, and I also, what people don't know is I nearly got a move in January as well from Aldershot and the first season. But January the 2nd, playing against Southend and I ruptured, I got injured and I was potentially moving in January again. So no, if I look back on it, probably not because I, I could have excelled again. But it's, listen, this is football, injuries happen. Just final thing on your first spell at York. Michael Ingham texts me to say, can you ask him about being a big baby in training? I've no idea what <laughs> what that means. No, I to that. respond. That's funny that because he's a bigger baby than me. But uh, no, so if things weren't going right for him training, so, uh, you know, I, I had a little bit of a head loss, as you can probably imagine. So I'd be like, oh, I'm done. And I'd just go and like sit and sulk. <laughs> so yeah, if his training wasn't going right for me or the decisions or, you know, we're doing crossing and finishing, I'm hitting the conifers and the, hitting the conifers and that, yeah, my head would go missing and stuff. So I'll think about that. All the shot, like I like mentioned there, Possibly not as successful as York, but but you scored at Molyneux as well against Wolves in, in the League Cup, which again was your uncle Mark's team. And you said you used to go watch him play. So that must have been a, a nice memory for you. That was a season after I come back from injury. So I had a, uh, that was the first ever injury I've had, like proper injury I've ever had, to be honest, where I ruptured my ankle. And it was nice to be back, you know what I mean? And it was nice to, I think we invested a little bit in all the shot at that stage and there was a couple of strikers that came in. So I had to kind of like prove my point again. So yeah, to, to go and score at Molyneux, and again, not being modest if that's a word to use, but like I did really well against again higher opposition. So yeah, it was it was a good feeling. And, and you played against Man United as well, which which again must be great one for you to look back on. And this is the thing I think coming from the, the non-league scene and not being in the in the system and that to, to say I played at like I said Molyneux, Stamford Bridge, Wembley, playing against Man United and Stoke, whatever teams as well. It's, it's, you know, I feel like I've achieved. I've not achieved as much as what my potential could have been, but, you know, I've achieved and, you know, kids out there, there's loads of millions of kids out there. and There's a lot of professional footballers out there who never play at Wembley. So yeah. for me, it's, it's, it's a massive achievement in a non-league and, well, football league career. So, yeah. 
you ended up coming back to York for a second spell on loan towards the end of the 2012-13 season. Did it take you long to decide to come back? Was there any sort of anything needed sorting out with Gary Mills because you'd not stayed before or how did that move nothing, come about? Nothing, nothing because again, we had a good, me and Gary got a good relationship and it, and it was never personal. It was more, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? And for me, as soon as I found out York was interested, because this is the season I just come back from that, like I said, that was the injury yeah. season. I started the season really well. I needed to get up that. I'm a big guy, as you know, so I needed to get back up to speed. And I didn't really get the chance to do that at all the shot because again, he brought in his own players, some more players when I was injured. Yeah, so as soon as I knew York was interested, I was like, right, I'm back. Because ultimately, you, you go back to the times were good there. I enjoyed my time at York. I love my time at York. So, right, it's time to get back on track and go back there and, and play some games. Yeah, and you and you played some games. And then Gary was sacked and you ended up back at Aldershot trying to keep them up at York's expense. It was a bit of a weird sort of surreal situation, really. Yeah. Was that your decision? Well, I can't quite remember in my head whether... Was that Nigel Worthington didn't, didn't want so you? Nigel, so Nigel come in, and again, you can't be for everyone. Nigel come in, and, 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 right, and to be fair, Nigel's got me, and... I came back into the York fold again. Been out for so I was out for a while with my ankle, so I'm not the fittest I would have been. So again, I think it's one of them ones where you have to persist or get rid. And I think he just got rid, and he was like, "Listen, he ain't gonna play for me." So that's it. So I, I ended up having to go back to Aldershot, which again was a bit of a bit, a bit of a bit of taste because ultimately I want to stay and, and get that feeling back at York and help York stay up. But it wasn't to be. So yeah, he made his decision and sent me back. Yeah. After all the shot you signed for Hereford reuniting with with Martin Foyle, it was bereft with financial issues at the time. I mean, you, you scored a goal in the last game of the season, the 88th minute, mm-hmm. which should have kept them up. And then that would have given you sort of like godlike status, I imagine, down there. And then a, a week later, I think they were sort of demoted. A mixture of emotions. I think you were quite angry in, in some of the press reports read at the time. Yeah, that, that must have been such for the highs and lows of football in one week. It was incredible. So again, things what people don't understand and the, and the, the pressures of football. People think it's all fun and games. It's not. So the season before that, older shot, we went, we was going through nearly, we nearly went into administration. So we didn't get paid for a little bit. We had that. So I've left all the shot. That was Difficult times. Obviously, we got relegated that season as well. So we got released from there, which again was what it was. Then I went to Hereford eventually under Foyle, and then started off quite well. To be fair, I think did okay. And then we went through financial difficulties there as well. So again, we wasn't getting paid for ages. So luckily for me, because I've been in the league, the PFA kind of helped a little bit with, with with the wages and stuff. So we went through. So that season, we again had a great changing room. A lot of younger younger uh, players who were a little bit hit and miss at times, but great talents. The reason why I was probably I we was probably a little bit emotional because we worked so hard under. Testing. Well, I think one to say we didn't get paid for two three months. Do you, do you know what I mean? So. You got a young family as well, haven't you? Yeah, young family and living in Hereford, and I think like I've gone from gone from having my own place in a Fleet near Aldershot to then I was living in a shared house in like a converted carriage. Do you know what I mean? Like it's people don't see that side of it. Do you know what I mean? So it was very very difficult, and and for us to stay up and do what we'd done, we was promised certain things when we got where if we stayed up, and that didn't come and we worked really hard as a team and staying up it was it was like we got promoted I'll be honest with you it was like we got promoted and then to then get relegated after that it was disgusting so yeah I want I want best please that's all yeah and, and you mentioned young talents I think one of them was Jared Bone wasn't it he was he was playing Hereford around that time what what was he like as a, a young player he so he probably got his, his chance through I won't say default but the manager so the youth team manager when Foyle left the youth team manager took over and he got his probably chance through that mm. 
So listen, football's a mad, a magical game and a, and a mad place. So and he took it, and he's a, he's a good kid, and you know we've exchanged messages over the years. He's an humble kid. Would I have said that he's going to play in the prem? I wouldn't have seen that, but I wouldn't have seen that with Simeon Jackson and Lee Tomlin. But when you start off what the levels we started off at to get to the prem, like the the, the pinnacle, it's never really heard of as such. I mean, it's. Mm. So yeah. to say that boys have got to there, no, I wouldn't have said he got to the Prem, but listen, I'm over the moon for Jared. You went on to play for, for a number of other clubs, and I mentioned about Old Trinum having your goal of the season compilation for yourself. But you also played for Geisley, and you came on when they beat York City 6-1. You must have been, obviously, pleased for, for your teammates with Geisley, but a part of you must have been thinking, what the hell is going on at York City? What, what was your emotions that night? I think I've always... I had, a, I had a thing in my heart for York, always, always. I think I've, I feel like I've been back, what is it, three times I've been back to York yeah. now? I've always wanted to make, stay there and, and like finish, well, I did finish there, but not in the right circumstances. I've always wanted to try and get them back to where they was and try and relive and feel the way I did when I first went there. So it's always been like home for me. So to see them get beat 6-1 or whatever score it was, soul-destroying, like, it's like, what, you're thinking, what is happening? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how it's going so wrong when it's, when a club's, like, with the training facilities and the, the fan base, how is it not progressing? Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's what always baffled me. Baffled us for a long time. <laughs> and then you came back to York City, like you said, for your third spell, 2017, I look back at the interview that you did when you re and you were obviously clearly buzzing to be back and really wanted to make that a success. And and like you mentioned before, like relive those seasons and relive those times at York City, but it didn't quite work out. And and there was a lot of kind of, you know, you started the season quite well and then, then you were out of the team and there was a bit, Gary Mills obviously got sacked. There was a bit of a mystery as to why you, you weren't playing and then you were just kind of released. I think there was a, a rumour that you, you had a bit of a problem with your heart or something like that. What What... Can you tell us what the story was behind all that? So basically, in a nutshell, I came back. And, and to be honest, I've gone back into full time for the first time in a, a two or three years, I think it was. And I felt like, because before that, I wouldn't say I, was, I felt like I was done, done. But I thought, listen, I'm probably seeing out my career now. And I was, and it's mad to say that at 32, 33 years old, like, I thought to myself, like, listen, this is my last probably chance. And I came back into full time under Gary Mills. And I felt, you know what? I felt like after pre-season was tough, don't get me wrong. I eventually felt, actually, I'm, I'm actually getting back to what I was. Obviously not to the first year, but I, I felt like sharp. I thought my computer we talk about was was getting there now. I thought, listen, I've got a good, I'm, I'm back. And then I think we played against Bradford Park or I think it was, I think that might be the last game. Was that the last game I played? I think. Well, you definitely played in Allen. I remember going to that one five nail when you were up front on Europe. I think John Parking was suspended or he couldn't play because he, Maybe it was a plastic pitch, and maybe because of his knees or something yeah, like that. I just felt I just felt really good and I, like energetic. I just felt like sharp, like thought process. And there was one time I got a little bit of a niggle in my hamstring. And that was it. I got a little bit of a niggle in my hamstring, and I and I, and I was out for like only a week. And then I just felt like I couldn't get fit again. I just felt like I, like something wasn't quite right with me. It was taking me like two weeks. So we had a so we had my blood pressure checked, and I ended up having like high blood pressure. So there was like, all oh, right, okay, where's that? So. They had they dug into my my family history a little bit more and said like so my mum had um cardiac my mum's got heart failure so instantly it was a bit of a panic up so there was like right well you can't train it could be something to do with that I was like right okay so they ended up sending me to stop me from training uh, ended up sending me to a place in Newcastle to a woman um, I forgot the woman's name now to be fair who used to deal with Premiership footballers and stuff like that so I ended up doing a bike test with a mask on 
And the bike test come back basically saying in a long this is what I found out recently that I should have like my heart was really bad and I wasn't getting enough oxygen in. Later to find out the test was faulty. So the reason why basically the reason why I've retired is because the thought I had a really bad heart. And yeah, it wasn't the test wasn't done properly. How did you mentioned before about Gary Mills? You said we'd come on to Gary and and, and kind of be thoughts about it. I, I presume you you re- you referring to the fact he he was sacked prematurely. I think. I think it was yeah. Um, I mean, what would Talk us through what, what you thought of, of that kind of situation. I th- for me personally, I, I just feel like, I think it was, what was we second in the league? Yeah, I, th- I think we're about fifth, I think. I bet we'd lost at Harrogate, haven't we? I, I'm just trying to remember. My, my memory's not great as well. But... I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we were, I, I think it was more than that. I think it was like second or third. I think maybe third. Well, I think like one point or two points off it. Yeah. Obviously, for me personally, I thought just like, I understand obviously the relegation the season before. I understand the fans have got a demand and I think what fans do, and I'm a fan as well, so listen, I get caught up in it as well. I think that you should go and smash the league apart with, oh, you will go and smash that league. And it's not, it's difficult as you've seen because it took a while to get out of the conference north and whatever. So for me, I was a little bit disappointed because I think with that season, if Gary would have stayed, we'd have been definitely, I think we still would have definitely got promoted. For me personally, I feel like I would have got better care at the club because I think Dave Penny took over and... um, and Martin, was it Martin? Martin Gray, yeah. Which, not, if I'm honest with you, and I'll be always be honest, I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of both of them. So, with what, especially with what's gone on, what, what happened, because um, there's obviously a lot more what happened in the situation. I feel like we could have definitely gone bounced straight back up. So, yeah, there's a lot of emotions. I think the players was a little bit disappointed as well, because I think the players, were, well, from what my understanding, really liked Gary, so... Yeah, I think a lot of players stayed because of Gary, didn't they? Like Sir John Parkin, who, who after the goals he'd got the previous season, could quite easily have, have signed for, for other teams higher up the pyramid again. You mentioned there about, about Dave Penny and Matt Gray. Was that a bit of a lack of respect towards yourself? And I, and I remember, and we spoke about this on the phone the other day, but when you were released, it's just sort of like a, like a sentence in there, oh, Michael yeah, Rankin's yeah. been released. And, and really, after what you'd done for the club and been there three times, and clearly your passion and your, your love for the club, you probably deserved a little. And I know that's football, and I know that's part and parcel of it, but but still, the, you can respect someone for their, their well, services, can't you? Know, and listen, I don't expect to, it's like, I don't. I didn't ever expect to come and be like, worshipped or anything that far from, but I expected a little bit more respect. And I think like, for me personally, and listen, I'm going a bit deep here now, but I don't, it is what it is. Geisley, the year before, Dave Penny were there, and, he, and he, I was top goal scorer, captain, he brought Jake Cassidy in, dropped me, and then I took captaincy off me. And then he comes, follows me to York and does the same. Do you know what I mean? Just treats me with a bit of a lack of respect, in, in my opinion. So for me, because I was happy to get away from guys because I wasn't treated the right way when they came in. So like I was like buzzing again, new start, as you've seen in the interviews. And then obviously he followed and I was like, here we go again. Because it kind of happened that, like, so it's kind of happened at Doncaster. So he was at Doncaster as the manager there as well. When I was a kid, and he didn't give me like two fairs more Mickey Walker, where he would have had an influence in that. There was nothing given, so it's kind of like for me, three, and it's not bitter, far from. Because listen, we move on. I'm thirty-eight years old. I'm not. I've had an all right career, but it's part of like these kind of things are detrimental to your career and have shaped some part of your career. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. and and it, and it led to me retiring early because I, I don't think I was dealt with properly. We had a, I think we had Buster. We had a physio Buster who was great, but we had another one who worked in the northeast was never in really, but just, again, discarded me kind of thing. I felt like he, I was kind of like discarded and just like, listen, stay there. It is what it is. Stay home. That's what I got told to be fair. Stay home. We don't need to train because it put a bit of fear factor to me. Don't, we don't, we doing no running. We don't, we doing any, like anything. Just stay home. Mm. Which can affect your mental health as well, I imagine. You know, if you're thinking, God, you know, 
He did, he did massively, I think, because it come to an abrupt end and it's not how I wanted it. And, and the thing is, when I, especially now when I look back on it, so without going too deep into it, like I go back and I've done some more tests and stuff and it's been going on since, I only did the last tests two, three months ago because what the kind of did, the club did, and this is nothing to do with Jason, far from, because Jason kind of took a back step. Dave was like running it. So from my understanding. So they kind of like just said, listen, we can't do much more for you go on the NHS. So instead of like kind of looking after me and, and getting the test done properly, they did one test or two, I think it was one test and whatever. And then just said, listen, NHS will look after you now and then stay at home. So it's took that long to get to the point I am now and then to, to find out that my heart actually isn't that bad, which ain't, which ain't great. So I'm, I'm not, well, I wasn't best pleased to be honest. And I imagine you'd have probably felt, well, if I was a different player, someone that maybe Dave Penny had a good relationship with, you wouldn't have been cast off to the NHS. You would have probably been privately, like like you know, they probably would do for most footballers. Yeah, and this is the, and this is the, and this is the feeling I get, and it's it's a bit of pill to swallow. If I'm honest with you, like yeah, I'm not happy about it. As you can probably tell now, <laughs> I'm probably a few people will tell that I'm fuming with it. Like yeah, I'm not happy. We'll, we'll move back to happier times in a sec. But did you ever feel like calling Dave Penny out on it then? Like why he was. Cassidy, you know, and I, I get it again. I get it's football, and and Gary Mills was the same with with like Richard Brody. Like sometimes people just don't they have a clash for whatever reason. Did did you ever call him out on what why you were treated like this, or why why he, he, at guys I am at York he was like this with you? No, because you have to be careful. I think he, like again, I don't want to put too much energy into Dave. Do you know what I mean, but like I just feel like. There was obviously something. I think you got to be, and I just don't like you. I'm quite an upfront and honest person, so. I won't say if I don't like you, I'll, I'll say, I just won't, I'd, like, I'd explain, like, listen, it's, it is what it is, do you know what I'm saying? But I think when people are a little bit sly with it, do you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't like it. Like, just just be honest and just, oh. do, just do things in the, in, in, the, in the right way. And I think, like I said, this is going to probably, people probably look at this and think I'm coming across a bit. It's nothing to do with that. It's just, it shaped part of my career and it made me leave football early when it didn't need to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, finding out now which is not great. It's just one of the things, I suppose. I mean, you're still sort of technically involved in football, aren't you? You've become an agent and how's that transition been out of football? Yeah, so I'm working in the football agency world now as a football consultant, kind of like, I'm just going to be doing my um, agency exam soon. Well, hopefully soon, depending on what's going on with the FIFA rules and stuff like that, to be fair. But yeah, the transition was like, again, it was difficult uh, in the sense because you, you, you're watching games, you're thinking, man, I could still be playing here, because <laughs> everyone wants a target man now, by any mind. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I think it's good. Like, I've had one of my boys now who's just made three um, starting appearances in the Sheffield United team, Andre Brooks. So, and I've had a few more who've made premiership appearances. So, and I've got a few playing in the league as well. So, it's it, no, it's good. It's 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 different. You get a different kind of buzz. But yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, I enjoy it. It's all right. When you look back on your career, who who would you say is the best player you've ever played with and against? <laughs> played with, there's a few to be fair. Played with, I'd probably put Lee Tomlin up there. Andre Bucard was. Some of the stuff he could do was special. I think he, I don't know how he didn't play in the, uh, honestly, in the Prem, man, because what he could do, I think the higher up he would have played, the better he would have been as well. Do you know what I mean? Because like we talk about computers, his computer was a joke. It's amazing how many people say that honestly. about him. Like literally every player I ask the same question, so it's always him. Like he sounds right. incredible. But I think, I think if he comes up, I think what we, what we, we had, if we had come up in this era of football, it would have been a lot different. You play a little bit more. You more. You, you like, for instance, now for me, for I would say, they've been a, been a target man. The few and far between now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Props anyway. And, and 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 Andre with his technical side and his vision and his like 
I think when he for someone like him, he would have been just run, track this, track that. But if you just let him get the ball and express and, and like expose people and expose passage, it'd have been it'd have been up there. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. So. And what about against? Who's the sort of best defender you've ever faced? Oof, well, there's a few, aren't they? I uh, played against Vidic, <laughs> so, and uh, I tell you what, Phil Jones was the hardest one I played against. Like defensively, like and that's mad to say. Obviously, Vidic was like beside him, but he was. I couldn't unlock him. Like he was. Cause I thought I was quite quick to be fair, but like he he was quick, he was strong, he was aggressive. He was like I don't know. Like, I, I was trying to pin him. He was just like nicking round me. He, like he was just yeah. He was he's yeah. Phil Jones. I thought Phil Jones was class. He had a good computer. Yeah, very good computer. <laughs> Um, and and just finally, is there any moments in your career that you look back? Like I, I'm always interested in sort of sliding doors moments. Like was there any time that you nearly signed for someone else, or or you wish something had happened in your career that you think, oh, that that's I really wish that moment had changed for me. Um, I I think for me personally, it'd be it's out of my control. Really, it's the January the second thing. I think where I was, I, I think I was going. Uh, somewhere else was that was that a higher higher level? Sorry, yeah, League One, League One. At, just at that time, obviously, like, yeah, it was League One. So there was a times I, I wish I wouldn't have, like because one ball was wrapped into me. I took another touch and took another touch and then got slapped, got smashed, and then that was it done. But there, yeah, that was probably one of the moments. I think I think I wish I'd have probably knuckled down a little bit more at Scunthorpe. There's a few times where I could have probably knuckled down a little bit more. But yeah, listen, at the end of the day, listen, I played played for a while and it's part mm-hmm. and part. So. Yeah, you met, you mentioned earlier. You know, some of those memories you've got are, are incredible to look back on. They're playing at Wembley, playing against Premier League teams, and uh, you know, you, you you've had a successful career, and and I, and I wish you all the best with, you, with your agency career as well. And, and thank you so much for coming on and giving up your time on this sun, early Sunday morning. I really pre- appreciate how you've enjoyed looking back on your memories. Uh, and I have enjoyed it, and I appreciate that you, you were interviewing me as well. Obviously, it's not going to be clean and clear as some other people, but listen, I hope you get some good good stuff from me. And yeah, and I hope New York kick on and get to where they should do as well. So I hope you enjoyed that. Massive thank you to Michael Rankin there for getting up his time. Really enjoyed speaking to him both sort of on air and off air. Found him a really engaging person to speak to and as ever um, you know loved his time playing for York City and always nice to hear people's sort of uh, stories about their time at the club the big thanks to Tom Hibbert as well for, for sponsoring this episode he's sponsoring a few episodes coming up as well next week he's going to be Ashley Chambers Wembley double hero so um, that, that again should strike a chord with many York City supporters and um, yeah just thank you to you listening and all the people that have taken time out to comment about the new series I say new series it's not that new now we're sort of over halfway through so please do keep those comments coming please do consider donating if you can I don't know we've had any donations this this series which is quite unusual uh, when the download figures are so good but if, if even if you could donate a couple of pounds it's really really helpful to your hospital radio of course massively appreciate not everyone is able in a position to donate so if you can't do that but you are able to leave us a review on itunes apple podcasts that sort of thing uh, that's massively helpful to us as he's given us a rating on spotify and one of the other ways is is just to just to spread the word to, to other people there's 
always someone every single series and this series has been no exception where some york city fan says i've just discovered this really enjoyed the podcast and obviously we try to keep the same format as we have done right from series one so there's a good chance if they've liked an episode they're going to enjoy the uh, the back catalogue as it were so yeah if you can if you can keep spreading the word and and if you think there's a york city fan who might not have heard of it please tell them about it so um yeah until next time thank you very much